there, and thanks for tuning in to the Gene and Tonic Podcast, where we share nutrigenomic and epigenetic tips for outsmarting your genes so you can up-level your brain, body, and beauty. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to the Gene and Tonic Podcast, our first episode. I'm Sona. I'm Charlotte. And we're so happy to have everybody here, and we're probably going to kick off each episode with a tonic, um, play on the words gin and tonic, but these are actually healthy tonics. And um, Charlotte, do you have uh, one that you want to share? So mine, it's pretty simple, two ingredients. I've got ginger, I've got thyme, and I just cut off a few slivers of the of the ginger and I put it into my little brewing portion of my tea kettle um with uh really I guess about a teaspoon you could do even grated ginger um a teaspoon of ginger a teaspoon of the thyme and brew that I brew mine for about three minutes um and um I absolutely love it for anti-inflammatory and um, overall everyday tonic for me. Yes, I love that. I I love ginger. Um, I've got to try the thyme. I haven't tried that. Um, I know that's a it's a good happy genin, I think. And then ginger, I mix it with all kinds of stuff. So I'll probably share more of those ones as well. And today I'm I have this one. It's um, this is just butterfly pea tea is what it is. And it's, it's from, it's blue because it's a flower. It's a blue flower, but it has the athocyanins. I'm not probably not pronouncing that right, but um, oh, it's very, I, love the color. I don't, I love this color. My, my sister-in-law actually mm-hmm. introduced this to me and she's, she's always introduced me to new and interesting things. Um, I found out that it's actually, well, blueberries in general, anything that's blue, blackberries, athocyanins are um, really neuro. They're good for your, they're like anti-inflammatory for your brain, right? So for neuroinflammation and um, that kind of thing, and since we're going to be talking, talking a little bit about, you know, neuroplasticity today and yes. the power of our brains and everything, I thought this would be a great one to, um, to share with everybody today. Um, and so just, you know, getting back to it that, so each episode we're going to be sharing our tonics and some tips all around genomics and epigenetics. And today I really wanted to talk about the idea of using the brilliance of our genes for adopting change and getting overall balance and long lasting results. Um, but just a just a quick uh, disclaimer that you should be aware of that, and I have to get this out of the way, that this information in this show is for informational and educational purposes only. It's not intended to be a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We are not licensed health practitioners or physicians or psychologists, not licensed, so um, always seek the advice of your physician or a qualified health provider before making any major changes to your diet or lifestyle. So, um, Absolutely. so anyway, just, uh, yeah. 
So we mentioned change, but um, I wanted to mention that a common punchline for professionals in the genomics field is your genes are not your destiny, right? So if they're not, that means our own decisions, our own lifestyle choices have a part to play in our health journey. Basically, we have more control than we realize. So our first podcast, we wanted to kick this off with the idea around the belief around change and that we can change or can we? Is it possible? And for some, it's not really something that they think about that they can change. It's not, you know, just that's not something that they believe in. And that may be due to limiting beliefs because if you think about it, um, your thoughts become your beliefs, which become your mindset and your mindset enables your actions. And that's what builds our reality. So overcoming our limiting beliefs can be really hard. And I know because I've, I've worked really hard on reinventing myself, um, on reinventing my career, you know, going from corporate, um, and, um, and it hasn't been easy and mostly, mostly because of myself. And it's something I've had to really work hard on every day. And I mean, we're finally working together, Charlotte, right? Like, I mean, we, we started working together a little bit ago, but we, um, we worked together years ago. So, um, just a little backstory here. Charlotte and I worked together at Dell many years ago and, um, Back then, we had talked about doing a side hustle together. Do you remember, Charlotte? Yes, definitely. I was just yeah. starting out with the life coaching. I had my master's in counseling, and I decided instead of pursuing um, in, in counseling directly as much, I preferred life coaching. And so I was doing that on the side a bit um, while we were both doing project management. Yeah. Yeah, we were in software and then, um, and it was, it was crazy. I mean, it was crazy busy. It was stressful. Do you remember how many people were stressed out? That's, that's <laughs> something else that Everybody. we're really going to be focusing on. Stressed out as well. I, I, I remember very vividly when I, I, you know, I decided, okay, I want to take my own advice and I'm going to take some time and go utilize the gym. I went into the gym and was all excited. And right off the bat, as I was doing the um, stationary bicycles, I was hearing the, the chatter amongst um, men that were in their mid-30s telling me that their doctors had prescribed that they were to do these uh, the stationary bikes as rehabilitation from heart attacks heart attacks oh, that they had had yes. when yes. they were in their mid thirties. Yes. I remember and then the, uh, the yeah. heart hospital, the heart hospital opened up in Austin. Or, yeah. I don't remember exactly the year, but it seemed like that around that time I was hearing more about the heart hospital of Austin. Yeah. I remember a guy so, that all in, the, during around that time that had a heart attack. I do remember that. Yeah, it was there not, was, it was there sad. were multiple. It just oh. so happened that I would do my stationary bike at the same time as maybe three different individuals that had, had <laughs> either had racks or their doctors had told them on the verge. 
it probably didn't help either being next to them and trying to de-stress and um it was very sobering it was very sobering i i had a little girl at home um my two-year-old and i was i was thinking um i need to definitely definitely do something to prevent my stress from from getting this bad yeah that and um um, that's going to be one of our focuses, folks, and, you know, talking about our stressor genes, and there's a lot of stressor genes, and we're going to be going, you know, diving into that going forward, um, anxiety, stress, the inflammation, neuroinflammation, all of that. So, but anyway, so we're working together now, um, you know, but it's taken some time to get here. So even starting this podcast, um, with at the time... We we had no idea that we were going to do this. It had been an organic process how we kind of oh flowed. Yeah, it has. You know, I was just going to say that um, if the limiting beliefs uh, we all have them, it can it can hold us back, but um, and it can stop us from achieving our dreams or even our everyday goals. So. Yeah, the idea of change here is important and is actually one of the reasons I became interested in studying functional genomics um, because I heard that there are certain genomic pathways that influence motivation and mood and focus and, um, you know, inflammation, ADHD, and like so many things. Um, and so I just knew I wanted to study it. And um it looks for the potential of impairment of function. Um, and so what we try to do is we find, try to find the best intervention to bring the body back into balance. And um, also what I love about it is that it takes, it takes into account the whole body, not just one symptom. So we look at um, gene SNPs, which are SNPs, um, stands for single nucleotide polymorphisms and or variants. And um, they're small, SNPs are the small mutations. Um, I'm not going to get into it too much here, but they're related to inflammation and metabolics and how we process our nutrients and carbs, fats, proteins, and all of that good stuff. Um, but just to, you know, the point is that we do have a certain amount of power to change how some of those genes express themselves. And that's, that's what we call epigenetics. So, um, and I'm sure some of you are aware, epigenetics is like a layer of instruction on top of our DNA that tells it what to switch on and what to switch off and how to perform and how to act. And it can influence our feelings and our behaviors and even our success. Um, so anyway, first I'd like to take a closer look into why some people don't think they have the power to change. and um, Charlotte, what, what are your, what are your thoughts around here? I mean, do you think it's like, and just a negative attitude or, um, absolutely not, not a, not a negative attitude. It's more something that has been ingrained from early on with a lot of people. Um, just that we just kind of pick up from the culture around us mm -hmm. from, from very early on. Um, and so that's why, um, with, with, um, life coaches in general, very often focus a lot on limiting beliefs, helping people identify 
what their limiting beliefs are because it's so ingrained that we don't we don't fully recognize um, our own our own self. That's why it's helpful to talk with someone else about it and Absolutely. do a bit of just within conversation, asking questions, um, a little discovery. And uh, because it's working with someone, it can be so much easier to to come to a realization of what our own limiting beliefs are through discovery with a, a life coach than trying to figure it out on our own because it's it's very ingrained. It's just like part of who we are oftentimes. Um, and but the but overall, getting back to the umbrella concept is it um when we when we bring in the concept of growth mindset that really helps us um realize the that our um that we are continually evolving growing um self-actualizing individuals um we i think there's a tendency sometimes for people to think about um checklist of like, okay, I, I get through high school, maybe go to college, um, get into a career and these different check, these different, um, milestones within life. Um, but not necessarily coming at it as much from an awareness perspective of I'm creating my life as I go along. And I like to talk about um, two things. Maybe this may come a bit from our software um, experience working with, with software programmers, but um, just like the um, uh, with programming, there's the zeros and ones. I kind of think about with life, there's assess and create. And as we're moving forward, we have to remember we are always assessing and creating. And just because there was a um, a uh, plan that we had put in place years ago, that doesn't mean that that's exactly the plan hmm. that we that we want at this point to move forward with. And so that's why it's so important to assess from time to time to see where are we at. We're not the same person as as we had been. Um, even, even months ago, perhaps we're continually evolving. Is that, that's just something to think about When my daughter was in preschool, I heard her singing a song she had learned. It was, uh, it's called never stop learning, never stop growing. And oh, that really stuck with me. I loved it. Never stop learning, never stop growing. And, um, and I was so happy to see children um, this was in 2008, um, children learning growth mindset right there in preschool. So that was, mm -hmm. that was very exciting for me. And, um, yeah. because it's, it's not something that my generation too. was really brought up with. Yeah. And, uh, no, I remember yeah. that too with my daughter and I think it was, she was in second or third grade and her teachers were all into talking about limiting beliefs and growth mindset. Um, and, um, you know, just like the, so that people knowing that you don't have to be afraid of failure 
and it's all part of the learning process. And, you know, it makes you, it makes people more creative and confident and resilient, you know, knowing that, okay, if you fail or, you know, just being able to embrace change, I guess. Exactly. Um, That's just part of it. The, uh, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes you're going to fail. That's just part of it. It's, it's not something to look at holding back. Um, and, uh, also there's, there's variations. It doesn't have to be that, um, that there's like a specific right or wrong, you know, oftentimes with, um, as far as like, I've heard a lot of people that want to learn mindfulness, um, and have talked to me about, um, about wanting me to, to share meditation practices. And they say, however, I don't think I can do it. Um, I can't sit and meditate. I have too Mm -hmm. many things in my head. And, uh, so on one hand, it's there. Mm -hmm. There's no, I think that's me. uh, I've been there. That was, that, that was me. The first, the first times I was doing, um, like actual, um, uh, an actual, like a, it was a, a Zen Buddhist weekend uh, retreat with mindfulness. That was my first introduction. Actually, I decided to take on a weekend and um, yes, my mind was going, um, going all over the place as I was sitting there. And what was, um, what the feedback was, is that is just part of it. You can always redirect back to your breath redirect the the thoughts back to the breath. Um, However, something that I like to point out um, is that maybe sitting meditation isn't the right mindfulness for everyone. And with growth mindset, instead of just saying, oh, I can't do mindfulness. um, I, my mind just doesn't work that way. Um, It's, there are a plethora, plethora of mindfulness techniques and we can make any routine task. We can make washing the dishes a mindfulness practice. Um, and so just having that open mindset to know, well, I don't quite resonate with this one technique, but let's look at another one. That's growth mindset examples. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautifully said. I mean, yeah, it's so interesting. So, I mean, as you guys can see, there is a connection between our mind and our body and our DNA and, you know, and, and our lifestyle choices, you know, whether it be meditation, paying attention to washing your dishes, you know, that's, that's mindfulness. I mean, all of that. So, and we're going to get a lot more into that and that's all, that's all our tonics, right? Like that's, that's what we're talking about here. Um, that, you know, to help you guys, uh, moving forward. And there's so much evidence around all of this stuff. So, um, it's really interesting. Um, so just getting back to what I was talking about before about, um, so, you know, just because, so our genome remains the same from the time we're born, you know, I was talking a little about epigenetics, but our epigenome changes throughout our lifetime. So that's why epigenetics is referred to as a science of change. Um, our body and even our brains are far more adaptable than, than most people realize. And that's the term that best describes uh, neuroplasticity. 
So just like you can rewire your genes, you can rewire your brain. So your brain um, is doing this all the time. It's changing all the time. It's reshaping, it's reorganizing, it's neural circuitry. And our brain can either create new neural pathways um, and that is helping you learn something entirely new or our brain is just reinforcing old neural pathways. So I find this kind of interesting because if we get into a pattern of rumination, like, you know, when you can't stop thinking about something or an incident or something that happened, someone cut you off when you were driving and you're just like, all your day is ruined. Right. And so you really need to be mindful of that because you could be inadvertently reinforcing a neural pathway that you may not want. And then you keep going back to that place. And that just, that's, that just feels yuck. You know, like something happened in your life and you can't stop thinking, you know, just like, say you just had a conversation with a coworker and um, it didn't go very well. And then all day after that, you're just thinking about it and thinking about it. And, and you just reinforce this negative, you know, feedback loop and you're building this neural pathway that you don't necessarily want. And then, you know, it can lead to other things where you don't like that person anymore, or you don't like your job anymore, or you don't, you know, whatever it is. So, um, I love, um, what I love about this concept is that if we're spiraling, there is a way out. So if you're not in a good headspace, it may be a good idea to redirect your thoughts. So once you're, um, once we're aware and can catch ourselves and become mindful and let go of those negative spiraling thoughts, then maybe we can break that pattern of rumination. And I love this, um, because your brain is actually capable of healing its negative patterning through your own intention of redirecting your thoughts. Um, and, but you know, Charlotte, it's important to note that if someone's experiencing symptoms of emotional sadness or trauma, you know, more effort may be required. So I'm not talking about all kinds of negative thoughts and negative rumination that's, and, and trauma, exactly right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Um, well, and also even, um, at all levels, whether, whether trauma or not, there is the aspect as well of a reinforced pathway can feel comforting. It can, it can actually, mm. it can actually engage our reward system to feel comforting. Uh, and that's one reason that it's repeated often. So there's, there's effort. Um, there's effort to change from that um, regardless. However, you hit upon a very important piece with the um, trauma is that someone who has experienced, um, which we've all experienced some kind of trauma. I'm sure every birth or birth was, was a type of trauma. Um, but, um, there's all the varying levels, um, of trauma within our lives. And, um, and we all know that, that, um, there's some levels can be, or there's many people who have experienced very intense traumas. And so one of the worst things that I've heard that someone can hear is, um, the, the frequently said, um, the, the saying of we're, we don't have control of the stimuli that comes to us in life, but we do have control of how we respond to it. 
And actually that's for someone who's experienced extreme trauma, that is another level of trauma to think about that and think, but I I can't, how can I do that? And, um, so there's, there is difficulty. And so that's why, um, there, there, it's important to begin a practice to have a practice in place so that when the triggers happen, that we're more prepared um, to respond in a different way to that trigger. It, it requires a daily practice during time that we are relaxed and we are in our in our most positive head spaces and practice the mindfulness. And then we can, we develop the skills that we need um, and raise our, actually our frequency, our, our frequency of just being in the world. We raise that to a point that when we hear a trigger or see somehow perceive a trigger that we have the ability to think, what am I going to do based on my practice? Let me just take a deep, let me just take one deep breath and recognize that our body responds to our mind. Our mind responds to our breath. Remember, remember the breath. And so regardless of, of, um, in a triggering event to know, to just, to, to take a deep breath, Sometimes that feels impossible. So there's sometimes mm-hmm. that our body has naturally takes over occasionally and will do something that we refer to. Um, some people it's, it's similar to what can be referred to as stimming, but there is neurologic, there's, there's a neurological response that our body will sometimes do inadvertently, such as mm-hmm. a leg jump. Like if, if we're trying to be calm and then our leg just starts jumping uncontrollably. And so our, that what jump? What leg, jump? our leg, oh, leg like, jump. If, okay. right, like, like if we're sitting and all of a sudden one knee just starts jumping up and down, it's like for, I'm talking about in times of like, if we were just hit from behind in our car and, um, and that throws us into thinking of previous events, previous traumatic car events, car related events. And so then our body may resort to a uh, adaptive mechanism of just like the knee, just jumping. And so when Mm. that kind of thing happens, it's we, with mindfulness training, we can just be calm and recognize, okay, we just calmly recognize what's going on that, okay, my knee is, is, is going up and down. My leg is, is, uh, uncontrollably jumping right now and that's okay. And it, it calms down. And that's just one example of what mindfulness training can do associated with yeah. during, um, during traumatic events, such as, um, such as if we're in stuck traffic and someone's on their cell phone and bumps into the back of us unexpectedly. Yeah. 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 
Right. I think so a little, a little off track there. I got a little carried yeah. away. No, it's that's I think that's really helpful. I mean, just hearing you talk about that um I think that would be helpful for a lot of people really. Um I mean, and the key you, point, the key point is the daily mindfulness practice, if not daily on a regular basis, because yeah. we can't, we can't expect, um, to intellectually know a mindfulness technique and how to redirect our thoughts or how to allow ourselves to just breathe in the moment. Um, we can't just intellectually know it. Our body has to be familiar with doing it. Um, and doing oh, it. That's a good point. And yeah, so that, that's part of, that's part of the whole, the whole thing there is a practice acclimating practice to acclimate our yeah. body so that our body is like, Oh, okay. I know this. And, and now this is feeling more comfortable than my usual reaction. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, that's good to know that, you know, I mean, it, I think it's something that I think I just, in the back of my mind, I just know through, you know, over the years, but um, that's a really good point that it does take practice so that your body gets used to that. I, I didn't think about that before. Um, and, and, you know, developing, you know everything... the, developing and reorganizing the uh, synaptic connections as you, as you were referring to. Yeah. And, um, and just the practice uh, you know, of just doing it, um, practicing the mindfulness, the meditation, the breathing techniques. And there's so much more that um, Charlotte's going to get into in other episodes as well. She's got a ton of them, you guys. I, I mean, you're just going to love hearing about this stuff. She's got really great tips and techniques. But, you know, if we don't practice, put that into practice, we can just bury those, bury those feelings um, you know, deep inside of us. And sooner or later, it can either manifest as illness, um, which happens a lot, a lot of times illness is manifested from, you know, these buried feelings that we don't even like, we don't even realize, um, or it resurfaces and actually increase our increases our body's stress response. And we can further get stuck in those feelings. Um, at least that's been, my, it's been my experience in the past. So it becomes exactly necessary right. to deal with it, right? It becomes necessary to deal with it just so our nervous system can move on. Um, and I think in future episodes, we're going to get into, you know, what the stress, stress response can do to our bodies. And in fact, Charlotte and I have a webinar coming up. It's a free webinar all about the stress response and our stressor genes and what we can do um, to, to help with that. Um, so, you know, practicing the mindfulness, um, non-attachment, um, acceptance is another one. Um, and, you know, in time you can encourage yourself to move forward and move on and let go and, and all of these things, they help. And these are actually some principles of Vedanta that, um, I would also love to do an episode on and really deep dive into the science of, of how all that stuff helps. But, um, it's reassuring to know that you know, we can get out of, like, if we have a dark thought, we can get out of those patterns that may be holding us back. And, um, because sometimes it, it, it honest, honestly feels like that, um, like we can't get out of that, that, that pattern, but with a proper, proper work, it seems like it is possible. Um, it is. 
Yeah. Um, so um, from a genetic standpoint, you may, you know, some people may be the type of person that also holds on to emotional states, um, emotional thoughts. And so, um, you know, we also look at that, like there's a, there's some genes that, you know, we can look at and the stressor genes are part of that as well. There's, there's actually multiple pathways involved. And um, another one that jumps out, jumps to mind is um, it's the chironine pathway. It's where tryptophan makes serotonin. Um, and when it's how tryptophan is metabolized and um, serotonin is produced. And I think a lot of people know about serotonin. It's that happiness neurotransmitter. It helps you ease the worry type of anxiety, that ruminating type of anxiety. Um, and um, there's also what's known as a serotonin transporter gene. So that's something that, you know, I, I look at all of that um, when I'm working with a client. Um, also, the chironines are neuroactive, so they have a role in neuroplasticity. And we look at that pathway. Plus, there's also a neuroplasticity gene that, um, that we look at. Um, let's see. Another one that we look at is the FUT2 genes, because if there's any SNPs um, or mutations in that, it can impact probiotic status. Um, I'm sorry, prebiotic status in the in the gut microbiome, and some people um, may lack certain types of bacteria to produce amino acids like tryptophan and tyrosine and lysine and those kinds of things. And if you're not making enough of those certain amino acids like tryptophan the, to make serotonin, you can suffer from chronic anxiety and depression and fatigue and other health issues. So um, just, if you know your genes, it's another way to know where to focus. And I mean, look at that. We just went full circle. So I love it. Um, I love it. But anyway, back well, to your, yeah. One thing I was just thinking, it's like, um, it's like in, we, we see all these all these things in magazines and different, I remember my grandmother even would take prevention magazine. And so, and my mom, yeah. um, all these different things. And I kind of equate it to, um, it's like closing your eyes and throwing darts at a dartboard. If like, oh, okay. So I'm going to have a cup of blueberries and that's going to help my mind. I'm going to do this or that. But instead of closing our eyes and throwing darts at a dartboard, it's to actually have the um to have the the uh something something real and tangible and to see the um i'm searching for the word here so to help me out the um oh the gene if you wanted, what if you you wanted to look at your genetic map. yes the genetic map yeah. and so um, I just wanted to, to throw that out there that the genetic map is a tangible, definite something yeah. to yeah. look at and analyze that you have an amazing background um, in analyzing this um, so that it so people aren't just blindfold, blindfolded and throwing darts at a dartboard to try to find help. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, that 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 is true. I mean, it's a simple DNA test. It's very comprehensive. 
um, completely private, completely secure. And, you know, it's information is never sold or anything like that. So it's totally private. Um, it's really gives you a good roadmap. And it also, you know, it helps you pinpoint where to look, you know, like, and where your doctor can look, you know, it's something that you can take to your doctor and say, look, this is, this is an area of potential weakness. And with my symptoms or whatever it is, um, it, it gives you, you know, close, it gives you a better approximation of, oh, this might be where the issue lies and maybe we got to do something in this area. So it's a wonderful tool. Um, genomic testing, um, and epigenetics is they're amazing tools that, you know, that we didn't have so many years ago that we have in our toolbox now that we can, we can turn to. Um, but, uh, anyway, just getting back to neuroplasticity, just to wrap it up. So, um, we mostly talked about, um, the reinforcement of existing neural pathways. Um, um, but you know, you are able to create new neural pathways, but we kind of did touch on that. We, we kind of did touch on that, but, but with um, daily practice yeah. techniques that's creating, creating new that's neural creating pathways. New yeah, that's true. And so <clears throat> I guess my point is, is that, um, if you are able to create a new neural pathway, then that becomes, just think about it. It becomes a new good habit. So like aside from trauma or something is bothering you or whatever, but say that you wanted to create a new habit, you probably could do that, which, you know, easier than we think. Right. Um, and then if you practice that, that becomes a neural pathway, like say, you know, like <clears throat> when I wanted to, like, uh, yeah, I, I'd like going to the gym once I'm there, I'm fine. But getting to the, you know, this is, a, this is something great everybody experiences this, right? Like you don't really want to, well, most of us don't really want to go to the gym, but if you just make yourself go there at the same time, you know, every morning, if you make yourself go there, um, it becomes a habit and it's not that hard anymore. You know, you're just like, okay, I'm going to the gym. I'm, I'm doing my workout. I'm going for a walk in the morning. I'm whatever it is. Um, it, it, you start it and you practice it a little bit and it just, makes it so much easier going forward, like brushing your teeth, right? You don't really think about it. It's just, once you get it in place, it's a new habit. So again, self-awareness is key. And um, Charlotte talked about all the, the great, you know, stuff that you can do. So um, I don't know what could be better than that really. Like it just can take us to in the next level that where we want to get to. Um, and What's the other one that I wanted to mention about, like, I mentioned to you, um, omega-3s are really good. Um, polyphenols, we talked about blueberries, uh, along with all the practices. All of these things can help put you back in control and, or at least how we respond to our thoughts. Um, so we can change, we can really change direction if we want to. So anyway. That's exactly right. It's so empowering realizing that we can be the drivers in the driver's seat of our own lives uh, as far as our our day-to-day -day being on this earth that we can put ourselves in the driver's seat for ourselves versus um, 
which a lot of people um, fall into doing this, at least from time to time, of um, having the runaway thoughts in the mind being the driver. And that's not something that we typically get good results with, is to let our runaway thoughts be the driver. We want to have that awareness so that we're <clears throat> consciously the, in the driver's seat. Yeah. It can really hold us back. So anyway, there are so many things we can do to uplevel our genes. Um, so again, part of this, as part of this podcast, we want to talk to you about how you have the power to change your genes and how they express themselves. And in each episode, we're going to share genomics and epigenomic tips. So I trust this was helpful. Please subscribe to our podcast and let us know what you'd like to hear from us going forward. Thanks so much. Thanks, Charlotte. You're Thank awesome. You. You're awesome. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. You can follow us on Instagram at Gene Crush and DM us. We'd love to hear from you. Plus, we have our signature stress-busting webinar coming up. Just go to GeneCrush.com to learn more and get on our wait list to be first to hear about when doors open. Thank you.